0: Section 16, Stories 23 to 25 of the Algonquin Legends of New England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary in Arkansas. How the Lord of Men and Beasts strove with the Mighty Wasis and was shamefully defeated. Penobscot now it came to pass when Glooskap had conquered all his enemies even the kawakwa who were giants and sorcerers and the matuflan who were magicians and the pomola who is the evil spirit of the night air and all manner of ghosts witches devils cannibals and goblins that he thought upon what he had done and wondered if his work was at an end and he said this to a certain woman but she replied not so fast master for there yet remains one whom no one has ever conquered or gotten the better of in any way and who will remain unconquered to the end of time and who is he inquired the master it is the mighty Wasis, she replied and there he sits and i warn you that if you meddle with him you will be in sore trouble now wassus was the baby and he sat on the floor sucking a piece of maple sugar greatly contented troubling no one as the lord of men and beasts had never married or had a child he knew naught of the way of managing children therefore he was quite certain as is the want of such people that he knew all about it so he turned to baby with a bewitching smile and bade him come to him then baby smiled again but did not budge and the master spake sweetly and made his voice like that of the summer bird but it was of no avail for wassa sat still and sucked his maple sugar Then the master frowned and spoke terribly, and ordered Wasis to come crawling to him immediately. And Baby burst out into crying and yelling, but did not move for all that. Then since he could do but one thing more, the master had recourse to magic. He used his most awful spells, and sang the songs which raise the dead and scare the devils. And Wasis sat and looked on admiringly, and seemed to find it very interesting, but all the same he never moved an inch. So Glooskap gave it up in despair, and Wasis, sitting on the floor in the sunshine, went goo-goo and crowed. And to this day, when you see a babe, well-contented, going goo-goo and crowing, and no one can tell you why, know that it is because he remembers the time when he overcame the master who had conquered all the world. For of all the beings that have ever been since the beginning, baby is alone, the only invincible one. Footnote I am indebted for this march into Maria soxis a very intelligent Penobscot woman, a widow of a former governor whom I met at North Conway in the White Mountains, New Hampshire. In her dialect, Bluskop is invariably called Bluskopi. She told it with that admirable dry dr- drollery, characteristic of a good story teller in a race where there are no bad ones. The exquisite humor and humanity of this little legend placed as a pendant to the stupendous successes of the giant hero are such as to entitle its indian author to rank as a genius i have frequently asserted that these wabanaki or northeastern algonquin tales bore to those of the west the apparent relation of originals to poor copies let the reader compare this which is given as nearly word for word as was possible from the indian narrative with that of Ma'ab ozho's Hiawatha's effort to compete with a baby. The Cherokee account is that, seeing an infant sucking its own toe, he tried to do the same and failed. It is in accounting for the unaccountable crowing of baby that the point of the Penobscot story lies. Of this there is no mention made in the Western tale, which is utterly wanting in any feeling as to the power of childhood or its charm over the strongest. A real Indian tale may always be assumed to be ancient when it is told to set forth an origin. This gives the origin of a baby's crowing. End footnote. How the great Glooskap fought the giant sorcerers at Psycho and turned them into fish, Penobscot. Nakarnayu of old times, woodenet Atukhagen. glasgabi this is a story of Glooskap. There was a father who had three sons and a daughter. They were Matulan, or mighty magicians. They were giants. They ate men, women, and children. They did everything that was wicked and horrible. And the world grew tired of them and of all their abominations. Yet when this family was young, Gluskop had been their friend. He had made the father his adopted father. The brothers his brothers, the sister his sister. Footnote. The Indians make formal adoptions of relatives of every grade, and in addition to this use all the terms of relationship as friendly greetings. This is in fact made apparent in all the stories in this collection. End footnote. Yet as they grew older, and he began to hear on every side of their wickedness, he said, I will go among them and find if this to be true, and if it be so, they shall die. I will not spare one of those who oppress and devour men. I do not care who he may be. This family was at samgad Ihawk or Seiko, on the Sandy Field, which is in the intervale, or the summer bed, of the Seiko River, in the elnau Ibet, the White Mountains, between Geset-Watsuk and Kachichi, Pinnapsbesk, and una Musik Widjit, the home of the water fairies. Footnotes geset Wasuk, many mountains, Mount Kearsarge, so called from the several lesser peaks around it, Kitichi Penipsisk, the Great Rock, a much more sensible and appropriate name than that of Cathedral Rocks which has been bestowed upon it, also Chi Pinepsk. also called from a legend Unajimisuk Kitubi, the Water Fairy Spring. This appropriate and beautiful name has been rejected in favor of the ridiculously rococo term Diana's Bath. As there is a Diana's bath at almost every summer watering place in America, North Conway must, of course, have one. The absolute antipathy which the majority of Americans manifest for the Aboriginal names, even in a translation, is really remarkable. End footnotes Now the old man, the father of the evil magicians, and his adopted father, had only one eye, and was half grey. Footnote this would directly connect him with the beings which are half stone like the unajimisuk or water goblins the dwellers in Katadin and the eskimo elves this will be referred to again End footnote. and glooskap made himself like him there was not between them the difference of a hair and having this form he entered the wigwam and sat down by the old man and the brothers who killed everybody not sparing one living soul, hearing a talking, looked in slyly, and seeing the new-comer, so like their father that they knew not which was which, said, This is a great magician, but he shall be tried ere he goes, and that bitterly. Then the sister took the tail of a whale and cooked it for the stranger to eat, but as it lay before him on the platter and on his knees the elder brother entered, and saying rudely, This is too good for a beggar like you, took it away to his own wigwam then Glooskap spoke that which was given to me was mine therefore i take it again and sitting still he simply wished for it and it came flying into the platter where it was before so he ate it then the brothers said indeed he is a great magician but he shall be tried ere he goes and that bitterly when he had eaten they brought in a mighty bone the jaw of a whale and the eldest brother with great ado and using both his arms and all his strength bent it a little then he handed it to gluskop who with his thumb and finger snapped it like a pipe-stem and the brother said again truly this is a great magician but he shall for all that be tried ere he goes and that bitterly then they brought a great pipe full of the strongest tobacco no man not a magician could have smoked it and it was passed round Every one smoked the brothers blew the smoke through their nostrils but Glooskap filled it full and lighting it burnt all the tobacco to ashes at one pull and blew all the smoke through his nostrils at one puff then the brothers said again in anger this is indeed a great magician but he shall be tried again ere he goes and that bitterly but they never said it again and they still tried to smoke with him And the wigwam was closed they hoped to smother him in smoke but he said and puffed away as if he had been on a mountain top till they could bear it no longer and one said this is idle let us go and play at ball the place where they were to play was on the sandy plain of samgut ihok or saco on the bend of the river footnote i have an indian stone pestle or hominy pounder which i picked up on the site of this ball play end footnote and the game began but Glooskap found that the ball with which they played was a hideous skull it was alive and snapped at his heels and had he been as other men and it had bitten him it would have taken his foot off then Glooskap laughed and said so this is the game you play good but let us all play with our own balls so he stepped up to a tree on the edge of the river bed and broke off the end of a bough and it turned into a skull ten times more terrible than the other. And the magicians ran before it as it chased him, as a lynx chases rabbits. They were entirely beaten. Then Glooskap stamped on the sand, and the waters rose and came rushing fearfully from the mountains down the river bed. The whole land rang with their roar. Now Glooskap sang a magic song which changes all beings, and the three brothers and their father became the Chinamas. A fish which is as long and large as a man and they went headlong down on the flood to the deep sea to dwell there for ever and the magicians had on each of them a wampum collar wherefore the chinamess has beneath its head as one may say round its neck the wampum collar as may be seen to this day and they were mighty matulin in their time but they were tried before they went and that bitterly yes they was my brother this is a true story for Glasgabe was a great man in his day, and the day will come when I shall go to him and see him. Footnote This legend is from a single authority, Maria Saxis. End footnote How Glooskap went to England and France, and was the first to make America known to the Europeans. Passamaquoddy There was an Indian woman. She was a woodchuck. Monoquis. she had lost a boy she always thought of him once there came to her a strange boy he called her mother he had a pipe with which he could call all the animals he said mother if you let anyone have this pipe we shall starve where did you get it a stranger gave it to me one day the boy was making a canoe the woman took the pipe and blew it there came a deer and a quapit a beaver they came running, the deer came first, the beaver next the beaver had a stick in his mouth. He gave it to her and said, "Whenever you wish to kill anything, though it were half a mile off, point the stick at it." She pointed at the deer, it fell dead. The boy was Glooskap; he was building a stone canoe every morning. he went forth and was gone all day. He worked a year at it. The mother had killed many animals. When the great canoe was finished he took his adopted mother to see it he said that he would make sails for it she asked him of what will you make them he answered of leaves she replied let the leaves alone i have something better she had many buffalo skins already tanned and said take as many as you need he took his pipe he piped for moose he piped for elk and for bear they came he pointed his stick at them they were slain he dried their meat and so provisioned his great canoe. To carry water he killed many seals. He filled their bladders with water. So they sailed across the sea. This was before the white people had ever heard of America. The white men did not discover this country first of all. Glooskap discovered England and told them about it. He got to London. The people had never seen a canoe before. They came flocking down to look at it the woodchuck had lost her boy this boy it was who first discovered america parentheses, (england?) Question mark, parentheses. this boy could walk on the water and fly up to the sky footnote this tale was taken down in very strange and confused english the first part is in my notes almost unintelligible end footnote he took his mother to england they offered him a large ship for his stone canoe he refused it he feared lest the ship should burn they offered him servants he refused them they gave him presents which almost overloaded the canoe they gave him an anchor and an english flag he and his mother went to france the french people fired cannon at him till the afternoon they could not hurt the stone canoe in the night glooskap drew all their men of war ashore next morning the french saw this they said who did this and he answered i did it they took him prisoner they put him into a great cannon and fired it off they looked into the cannon and there he sat smoking his stone pipe knocking the ashes out the king heard how they treated him he said it was wrong he who could do such deeds must be a great man he sent for Glooskap, who replied I do not want to see your king. I came to this country to have my mother baptized as a Catholic. They sent boats. They sent a coach. He was taken to the king, who put many questions to him. He wished to have his mother christened. It was done. They called her Molly. Footnote. The Indians pronounce the word Marie, Molly, or Molly, Malinquis. Miss Molly sounds like Malinquis, a woodchuck hence this very poor pun End footnote. therefore to this day all woodchucks are called molly they went down to the shore to please the king Glooskap drew all the ships into the sea again so the king gave him what he wanted and he returned home since that time white men have come to america this is an old eskimo tale greatly modernized and altered The Eskimo believe in a kind of sorcerers, or spirits, who have instruments which they merely point at people or animals to kill them. I think that the Indian who told me this story was aware of its feebleness, and was ashamed to attribute such nonsense to Gluskop, and therefore made the hero an Indian named Woodchuck, but among Mr. Rand's Micmac tales it figures as a later tribute to the memory of the great hero. One version of this story was given to me by Toma Josephs, another by Mrs. W. Wallace Brown. In the latter, Glooskap's canoe is a great ship, with all kinds of birds for sailors. In the Shawnee legend of the Celestial Sisters, Hiawatha legends, a youth who goes to the sky must take with him one of every kind of bird. This indicates that the Glooskap voyage meant a trip to heaven. End of section sixteen.